Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bleachers, episode five. My name is Samantha. I have my lovely co-host Jocelyn with me. Hi, y'all. Hey, girl. (laughs) Hey. So this has been another exciting week of basketball. But before we get started, Jocelyn, I (laughs) kind of got, I didn't tell you this early this week, but I kind of got fussed at a little bit and I had to tell our audience that I would be remiss if I did not shout out our social media manager because (laughs) The kid professional. Why didn't you do that? Shame, shame. I made a comment a couple episodes ago when I went to the Mystics home opener with my brother. And he got on me because I failed to mention that my brother is also our social media guy behind the scenes. He is lending his expertise because he is in marketing as a profession. So he's also lending his expertise to us, mostly because we don't really know that much about social media, if we're being (laughs) honest. And so he has stepped in. His name is Adam. So if you are interacting with us on our Instagram page at beyondthebleachers underscore, you will not only be interacting with us, but you will also be interacting with my brother, who is also a WNBA fanatic. Maybe one day we'll have him on the show as a guest. That would be really cool. so in addition to liking our content following our page commenting or dming us if you love our content give him a shout out as well because he reads all of our stuff as well and he does a lot of stuff behind the scenes he puts our videos together he does a lot of interacting with lots of people so Give him a shout out as well if you feel so inclined. He said put some respect on his name. (laughs) (laughs) He sure did. So thank you, Adam, for all that you do. Thank you, sir. Thank you. So back to basketball. Jocelyn, what is your highlight of the week, ma'am? So, madam, my highlight is a major one. (laughs) It's a good highlight of the week. And it's a little shade, but no shade, I'll say. But but I have to give it to the Minnesota Lynx for getting their first win, y'all. <laughs> insert applause here. Insert applause in the sirens because they went into the game against the Washington Mystics with promise, okay, with tenacity and share will because <laughs> – they won and I mean literally by the grace of all the basketball gods they got it done and and they literally won by the skin of their teeth I'm talking about it went down to the wire it was down to minutes seconds even um but you know I guess before tip off you know, they, well, obviously, the, the Minnesota Lynx, they were 0-6. They, you know, they had played six games and did not win not one of them. But not that night because they came to play. And they got this one to go on the road, which is which is really impressive to me. So, you know, once they gained that lead, they really kept it uh, until it got tied. <laughs> but they kept chipping away. And what I loved watching – about the team was that everybody who really had at least more than six uh more than six minutes they really participated and they all played a part in the game and it was a good one to watch and right now I have to say this Sam every team that's playing I just feel like every game is good because I just it's just the cat it just speaks again to like we talked about in the past of of the of the teams in this league it's it's extremely elite they're on a different level they're on a pro level and they're playing like it i mean every game you really don't want to miss and we'll talk i'm sure we'll talk on like how they're the games are just so back to back but um and it's hard to you know it's hard to want to even miss anything because it's so good every game is good and you don't really want to miss them so like i said everyone that played over six minutes had a, a piece of the over the mystics because uh, Cloud, Sykes, and Deladon, they woke up, especially in that fourth quarter, and quickly found their way back in the game. Um, but when that clock struck double zero, the Lynx were up by two, and that gave them uh, um, the lead, the triumph, 80 to 78 over the Mystics. And I mean, it was a good game. And again, it speaks to 
the talent that we have there. And um, I mean, I can't wait to see them play a bit more. I I know Collier finished with 17 points, nine rebounds and two assists. And then uh, Kayla McBride, she was balling. I mean, I think she felt really good watching her, her shots kind of connect and, uh, and she was hot all night, really. So she finished with 24 uh, points and five rebounds and one assist. So it was a great game to watch. Did you watch that one, Sam? I did. And, boy, it was so stressful watching it, especially <laughs> knowing that the Mystics were on back-to-back games. Yeah. But it just shows the toughness that the Mystics had because, I mean – I'm sure you can imagine playing on a professional level, like back-to-back games are not easy because you're putting it all on the floor only to then turn around and 24 hours later, sometimes not even 24 hours later, having to do it all over again with a new team. Like it's exhausting. So the fact that that game was so close up until, like you said, the last minute, like the last plays really just is a true testament to not only like the mystics hanging in there and giving it their all again, but also the Lynx mental toughness and not letting the fact that they were at that time, Owen six kind of get to them and really knowing that, you know, we, we've we got, you know, in there with some close games, we just haven't been able to get over that hump. And now they finally were able to get over that hump and maybe that'll give them a little bit more momentum because they're on a long um, away from home stretch. I believe mm-hmm. it's three games away from home. Um, yeah. And then they're back home for, I think, only one game before they're back out on the road again. So they've got a long stretch of some tough competition ahead of them. Um, but I, I'm excited that the Lynx got their first win. You know, we're in this rebuilding phase mm-hmm. um, with the Lynx, and they've got a couple great pieces. You already mentioned the Fisa Collier, Kayla McBride. Yeah, we we over here love Tiffany Mitchell. We've mentioned her before. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is great to see um, how everything is kind of coming together finally for them. Yeah, um, Cheryl Reeve, their coach, has been under a lot of pressure on social media lately because people are coming for her neck and saying that she is not one of those coaches that knows how to develop talent Um, so this is her time to really show her strength as a coach I think that you know when she helped develop that dynasty you know it was about putting those pieces together they already had Simone Augustus they drafted Mm -hmm. Maya Moore in 2011 they added those extra pieces and really created a great team that carried them for so long and so now it's time for Cheryl to show her chops as a GM how can she rebuild a team that reimagine that leader right that basically Mm -hmm. fell apart and had to you know build themselves Mm -hmm. I think that's the test Definitely, right. for sure. So it was a good game. I'm excited to see them moving forward now that they've got that first win. Like I said, hopefully that will propel them forward to more wins because they, they're a, a winning franchise. So we got to get some more wins on the board. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this is a good start. That you Once you get one, you know, you feel that, that smell of victory and, and it wasn't an easy one. So at least now they know what things they did well. Um, but they can't rely on players not really having a great game or getting hot kind of late because, you know, everybody loves Elena Deladon, right? So uh, that was one of her, the games that was kind of tough for her was she had a tough night and uh, I think she really started warming up and, and, and feeling better, feeling more hot, like closer to the end. Um, and we, as we saw, it, that almost cost the Lynx the game. So, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's really exciting to see what, Reeves has for for the links and and how she can keep uh uh you know Nafisa on that leadership role and, and as like your you know I guess their go to person but we'll talk more about that later on. Yeah, for sure. My highlight of the week was just the basketball overload that I have been feeling for the last few days, and particularly on Friday. While it was definitely a dynamic night for women's basketball, I'm sitting here now on Sunday, and mm-hmm. I am just, my brain is just so tired Oops. from all of the basketball. And I guess that's, like, a good thing to be tired of because mm-hmm. that means that it's alive and well and streaming across all of the platforms and right. on our television screens. But, boy, Friday night was a doozy. We had four games of four three teams uh 
were away and mm-hmm. won. So mm-hmm. only one team actually won at home, the Washington Mystics. And between all of the games, the margin between winning and losing was anywhere from one point to six points. We had one game with overtime. I mean, overlapping games where one game was starting, another game was ending, games were going on at the same time. At one point, I had my TV going with one game, my iPad going with another game. I was sitting here (laughs) trying to do homework on my laptop. Like, it was just... Commitment. (laughs) Madness. Like, like, can we say June madness? (laughs) Because that's what it felt like. And also, even just to kind of... Did you say the... um... The, the mystics right the mystics won at home mm-hmm. but as we as we know just we just talked about the links beat them at home so that goes to show like they were had back-to-back games you know they were tired and to you know to lose at home is i i always used to say in basketball that that's just like that's a no-no you always have to protect the house and you know when you're fatigued and all of that and you're trying to give your best and then you have a team that's hungrier than ever and they're trying to get their first win you know and they do on the road that's a tough one to swallow so i really do hope that they start to you know like you said there's wins and there's losses like you know we go five steps forward but we have to look at those steps that we're making because it doesn't seem like the scheduling is fair right now to these ladies yeah, it's definitely getting tough. Uh, you know, May, I think, starts out kind of light, even though the competition is there. You know, they're, they're pretty generous with the spacing of the games. Um, we have players that are still coming in from overseas. So kind of being adjusted in those first couple of games. But I think that by June, like, rosters are pretty much set other than maybe – um, hardship contracts from injuries mm-hmm. but rosters for the most part are set but 99% of people have come back from overseas and are now with their WNBA team and the competition it just feels like gets heightened once <laughs> June comes rolling around because teams have started to find their momentum and you quickly start to find out the teams that have it and the teams that want it you know because mm. you have those teams like the aces that come in and they're just sucker punching everybody. And then you have those teams like the Lynx that six games in were still struggling to find their first win. Right. You know, but I think that once June comes around, the momentum really kicks in. Mm-hmm. Teams are quickly finding their chemistry and you really have to be like on par. And that unfortunately, unfortunately includes back-to-back games that includes extended time on the road and it gets really complicated. Yeah, I mean, it's tough on these women. And, I mean, again, all the more reason for these specific luxuries to come into place. Because, I mean, as far as just leg room on a plane, we were, we're there playing games back to back. They need this time in between to just rest up. It's so early in the season. to be. It's like we're jam-packing games in. And, again, on our Mondays, our 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 basketball, WNBA basketball list Mondays is crazy. I mean, of course, your girls, you know, your girls got y'all's back, but on Monday, but I mean, like, you know, when you're not listening to Beyond the Bleachers, what are you doing? Not watching basketball. Maybe going back to watch all these games that they they jam-packed into two days. (laughs) Like, what are you doing, y'all? is giving what do you want from me (laughs) (laughs) and this was a particularly jam-packed week because not only did we not have games on monday but we didn't have games on wednesday either Mm -hmm. so you're talking four games on friday two games on saturday three games on sunday it's about time for me to have a little bit of a basketball break. <laughs> it gave me anxiety. I was like, oh my gosh, when am I going to have time? And I want to give all these women the, the, the time that they deserve to watch the game and to be fully immersed. I can see like having about two hours in between these games. No, they were on at the same dag on time. Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on here? We need some, we, we need some help with like the fact that, spreading these games out a bit and not even just for the like I'm, I can only imagine this, the, the actual players being tired but the daggone spectators are too we we over here double taking looking back and forth flipping channels our thumbs are tired <laughs> <laughs> 
and I know I know we as fans like we enjoy it for the pleasure but I could only imagine being in the media or being an analyst and having to analyze and break down these games write about these games talk about these games in the moment Mm -hmm. go back and watch these. I could only imagine like how they're feeling about having to manage like this is their profession this is their business and so they're trying to keep up but with only 12 teams, I can only imagine what it's going to look like when the league starts expanding because this is getting to be a bit much for me, and I'm just a fan. <laughs> exactly. I hope I hope that they start to, you know, peel into those off days during, you know, the week where, like, we're not – there is no basketball for women. You know, like, put, throw some games on those days. Hello Mondays. Like, make it fun. Um, because I think there's a lot of marketing that they can do there. And if they were to, to capitalize on that, and like you said, this expansion is only going to make it harder for everybody. And expand the season. This year, <laughs> they are now up to 40 games, which mm-hmm. I believe is up four games from last year. Mm-hmm. And the start time, the start date and the end date for the season are virtually the same. Right. And so I know that there's complication with, you know, some of the teams do share arenas with the NBA uh, team as well. And we could go on and on about NBA taking precedence and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. But all of that to say, you know, you can't jam pack all these games in there. At some point, there's going to have to be a decision. And I don't know if that means that some teams should start looking for their own arena or sharing arenas with somebody else or, you know, what that may look like for each individual franchise. But it's getting to the point where it's, it's a bit too much. And I've, I know we're not the only people that feel that way because on social media, you'll see a lot of people and it's not always negative, but you see a lot of people saying like, dang, like four games in one night all happen at the same time. What the heck is going on? <laughs> You know, because it's a lot, you know, and like you said, we want to give love and attention to every team because the season is moving so quickly. And so we want to make sure that we're giving love and staying in the know with everything that's going on because there's only 12 teams like everybody's good, you know, so you want to make sure that you're seeing a little bit of everybody throughout the season. But it's kind of hard to do that when you got games going on same day, same time, all the time. Yeah, I mean, four games in the same day at the same time is ridiculous. We got to change it. Period. It's just it's just ridiculous. Give these women the chance to be seen, you know? Like I keep saying it, but it's almost like they're setting them up for failure. It just doesn't make sense, you know? Like 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 how does it make sense? Just make it make sense cuz it doesn't. And I'm waiting. I'm waiting for <laughs> explanation, y'all. Well, how does that make sense? If you want viewership, if you want people in those seats and all of that, I mean, I get it, like, have these games, like, you know, yes, we love that they're being televised, we love that there's a platform, there's, you know, various platforms for us to to watch these games, to watch these highlights, you know, the WNBA, uh, you know, League Pass uh, app, you know, we love that, but there are still things that need to be fixed, and, like, they're major, they're major challenges, that could completely change even just the views. And maybe there's more people that are trying to watch, but you know, you're, you're throwing these games on and all these different times. Not everybody has cable. Not everybody, you know, can stream in the way that they want. Like you said, Sam, you were watching it on different platforms. So, you know, (laughs) it's, 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 kind of tough even for the spectators for the fans the true fans that are really trying to see these women play and want to catch every game because maybe they can't afford the season passes or maybe they're not in the same town and but they they coined this team as their faves but it's just hard to watch them so please y'all if you can hear us out there do better (laughs) (laughs) do better but as fans we're still gonna watch so Oh, absolutely. I'm going to be it's, watching it's a catch so many hours in the morning. But, you know, <laughs> we need our beauty breasts. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I actually fell asleep on a game last night. The Sparks, <laughs> who were also on a back-to-back at 10 o'clock at night. 
Eastern Standard Time. And so I actually have to go back and watch that game because I heard it was a very good one. But unfortunately, I was tired from watching Friday night's overtime game also with the Sparks. Right? Yep. (laughs) You see? You see? (laughs) You're making my co-host tired. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, speaking of showcasing the WNBA and the media's take on things mm-hmm. um there was a bit of a shall I say controversy that kind of was sparked on Twitter this week um within the WNBA uh, sphere mm-hmm. if you Uh, look up the hashtag WNBA Twitter, you're usually able to find out all the comings and goings of what people are saying behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a little bit of a controversy that I think we kind of need to talk about. um, And I just want to get a little bit of your take on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there was an individual who is uh, a part of the media behind the scenes, um, does a lot of, you know, writing and production and things like that. Mm-hmm. And this particular individual had some not so very nice things to say about Lexi Hull. Lexi Hull is a second year veteran, I guess you could call her, even though it's only her second year. She was drafted in the first round in 2022. She plays for the Indiana Fever. Um, she had a little bit of an off game. I believe it was her third game of the season. She scored zero points. Um, but we like sophomore year they always say is the hardest season in the WNBA because you go straight from college draft WNBA season literally within a matter of weeks then right after the season you go most people go overseas and Mm -hmm. do eight months overseas only to then jump right back into training camp so it's literally a whirlwind into your second season and so a lot of times we do see a little bit of a slump with the beginning of their sophomore season as they try to get back into the groove and training their body and their mind to understand what this is going to feel like right um so she had an off game but this media person's take was very critical and instead of being uplifting to what she what her journey may look like right now in basketball she she chose this person chose to um cut her down yeah and it was very unfortunate you had a lot of other media individuals speaking out and kind of just saying how unfortunate it is because women's basketball women's sports and particularly you know we're talking about women's basketball and WNBA doesn't always get the accolades and the press that it rightfully deserves and so we as fans as you know them being media um even people that are in the in the game are always encouraged to speak of the game highly are always encouraged to not say anything that will downgrade the sport because we want to do everything we can to uplift and even in times of struggle even though we may be critical of the league not knowing you know all the ins and outs of what's going on behind the scenes we always preface it with we may complain about the schedules but we still gonna watch you Mm -hmm. know we may complain about the arena that they're playing in but we still gonna be buying some tickets we just gonna (laughs) say what we say and going on about our business (laughs) um but it very quickly turned into a conversation about the importance of black voices in and around the WNBA, because this person who made these disparaging comments about Lexi Hall mm-hmm. is a white individual. And the, the conversation conversation quickly shifted to black people do not always get the opportunity to be at the forefront of these media conversations. Mm-hmm. And as a white person, you have a certain level of privilege and disparaging comments are what you choose to do with that privilege. Right. And with a league that is over 80% black or brown, it is important to have voices that sound like us, that look like us, that speak like us, that are a part of our culture not to say that white voices are not important but when you're talking about a league that is predominantly of color it is so important to have those black voices out there 
Um, and so I kind of wanted to get your take on how you felt about that because, I mean, we can unpack this so, so far, but there's a lot of different nuancy things that go into this conversation. Yeah, I think it kind of goes back to, you know, what's the narrative? Like, what is the narrative that the media is trying to portray to us, you know? And is it like for, for, for views? Is it for clicks? Is it for retweets? You know, is it just to stir up the pot to have conversation around a game that's already, I feel, talked about? And for these outlets to start, you know, popping out and like the media to be covering them and talking on the Twitter street and it to be so negative, it's, it's gotta be devastating, especially for the players that, you know, are the butt of this commentary, you know what I mean? And for a league that is still finding its way and growing and changing, there needs to just be positive push everywhere you know and I just don't it's just counterproductive to me and it makes me almost think that there's these these planted trolls within within especially on Twitter and that are hiding behind these handles them being either true journalists or or not and really just trying to write this narrative for especially women just women in the WNBA and making it seem like it's silly, making it seem like, oh, you know, they're, they're just all this talk and they're no, they're no bite. And it's just, it's, it can be discouraging, but it's, I find it disgusting because it's just like at the bare minimum of it all, this is, if this is your profession or if this is a platform you're looking to go into, why are you throwing out all this negativity, all this hate? And yes, for okay, sure, you'll probably be talked about, and maybe that's it because it just seems like currently now in just the community and society, it's, it just seems like there's a lot of clout chasing. And I'm thinking that some of these journalists or non-journalists on Twitter, you know, talking about the women, women's basketball and talking about these players that might have had an off night, every night is not great. It's just not realistic. It's not going to happen. And we're again, we're still super early on in the in the season, and to be talking about a player like that who had an off night because everybody does. Did we talk about how you know Elena Deladon had a really off night? But is everybody talking about that in the in the you know in the Twitter streets? I think not, because I think there is there is like this poster child of what they want the W to look like and what they or who they want the W. To like you know like represent or to showcase and a lot of times it's not your you know it's not your fave which like you said the 80 percent of you know your faves of the WNBA is black or brown and it's, it's almost like they're pushing certain people into this light that is just not even there or they're you know dimming down and they're just talking terrible on anybody who has who god forbid has a tough night so, you know, I know there was a game that, you know, just happened and I'm pretty sure the media is going to tear up one of these players and we'll talk about it, I'm sure next week. But I'm, I'm actually interested almost in like my own personal, like, uh, I guess, like focus group to see like how this kind of plays, like how this, uh, you know, kind of like goes, plays out in the media on like how they're going to rip apart this one player who missed the big shot at the end of the game. So I don't know. It's just... It's sad, and I I wish that people could just have more integrity, especially if they are true journalists and they, you know, they got their degrees in journalism. It's just kind of like do better. Yeah, and I, I think it's important to note that Lexi Hall is no slouch. She mm-hmm. came from Stanford, so we know the type of program that she's coming from. She's a national champion. And like you said, every player is allowed to have their off games, their off moments. And I think it's the narrative that, you know, certain media platforms are pushing. And that's why it's so important on our platform that we highlight those unsung heroes, that we are showcasing, you know, those players that deserve 
the highlights that deserve the the shout outs but may not necessarily get them because they're playing with the Brianna Stewart's or the Elena Deladons of the league, you know, not to say that they're not great players because they are, you know, Mm -hmm. but there's so many other great players out there that will never get the accolades that they deserve. And unfortunately, you know, as much as we want to not think that race has anything to do with it, unfortunately it does because it's just so ingrained in our society and so ingrained, especially in sports. You touched a little bit on sexism as well. It's ingrained Mm -hmm. in everything that we do. And it's so unfortunate that you have media people that are privileged enough to get certain platforms and certain notoriety and they choose to use that platform to tear people down or just to talk in disparaging ways about people because we have to remember these players are they're adults but they're young you know Lexi Hall is only 23 years old you know and so this is her first time being out in the real world and this is what these players are experiencing you know I may talk crap about a player but I don't play basketball (laughs) so at the end of the day I'm not gonna sit here and say oh they don't deserve a spot like everybody is there for a reason Mm -hmm. and a season and it may just be one season it you may end up spending your whole career like Sue Bird with the same team you know but everybody is there for a reason and a season and to talk bad about players that are truly just there to live out their passion Mm -hmm. is so unfortunate but I think the bigger picture is that you know you have black voices that want that seat at the table that would kill to be in those positions and some of them even are in those positions of being able to have access and they're a part of you know professional basketball writers association and they have their credentials but still are not getting the same respect even though their credentials look just like somebody and so we really have to be careful like you said whether we are professionals on a professional platform or we're just speaking on a podcast or even speaking to our friends about the league that we're always speaking in ways that are positive because like you said this is a growing league and we want to be careful that we're doing things that propel the league forward the last thing we want to do is tell everybody oh we're fans of the WNBA but then behind the scenes all we're doing is talking crap about the league right bashing them in the twitter streets I just don't understand it and again like I said I think there's just a lot of clout chasers out here and it's mixed with prejudice it's mixed with racism and it's mixed with sexism and it's just like on top of that, you want these women to play their hearts out in the game that they, they love because they chose it as their profession. And let's not be like, let's be, well, let's actually be frank here. A lot of these women can do so much, so many other things because they had to, you know, again, because they could possibly not get a spot. So a lot of these women are finishing school with, with some great degrees coming out of college when they go into the draft. So, you know, it's not like when when they look into playing basketball, it's, it's truly a choice when it comes to, you know, the, the WNBA and playing on that elite level. For the men's, it's more like the, the best gift and privilege. But, you know, they yes, they still got to they obviously got to work and they'll work harder, but it's, it's more so celebrated. For, for the women's, you kind of got to buckle down and hunker in and make sure you're set in all levels. You got to be 100% mentally, 100% emotionally, and 100% physically to really succeed and then perform. Like, not only can you, like, hold and hold up that your stat sheet from, you know, the four years you might have played in college or even the year or so you played in the in the league, but you got to keep those numbers up. You got to keep your averages up. You got to keep going. You got to keep elevating yourself and it's a different kind of way for the men's side it's amazing you know looking at LeBron you know he's an older guy um you know technically quote-unquote older guy in the <laughs> and and you know really showing these men that he could possibly pe- play with his son that's that's un- I don't think that's ever happened that he could make history 
But, you know, we congratulate a guy doing that. But on another side, you know, like you just you mentioned Sue Bird, who just recently retired. She's been in it for a minute for a hot skip and a jump. You know, she was she was all in throughout NCAA. For, she played for, for Gino, didn't she? Mm-hmm. So, you know, also Diana, who's still playing and was dropping, you know, her, her threes like like water, you know, the other night too and and it's just like there's women that are that are older that are moms that are just doing it all and it's just like like the movie doing everything everywhere all at once and it's still you know still getting bashed for one freaking night it's crazy yeah so we want to take this time to share with our audience some you know media personnel uh women of color that we follow for all things WNBA, all things women's basketball and women's sports in general, because we want to people that are doing the work that you may not always see them on TV. You may not always hear their names, but they are present, whether it be on TV, on in social media, in their own personal platforms. And so we want to make sure that, you know, we give them their flowers without while also realizing that this is just a small list of the many people across many platforms that do this, whether it be for a living or just for fun like us, but they are doing things in their own way to help grow the game. So Jocelyn, why don't you tell us who you want to talk about? Cool. So I think this is a great idea um, to just shed the light on on black women or just women of color and sports media because like you said again that's what the players look like they're black and brown a lot the majority of them not all I'm not saying that I'm not dismissing anybody but anyway so if you're an avid women's basketball sports watcher and listener then you are extremely familiar with Lachina Robinson now, she's a WNBA host and analyst for ESPN, and she's an award-winning host at that. She's been in the media game for a minute. I mean, she's been covering college basketball for like 12 years and counting, but uh, started with ESPN back in 2009 as a college basketball analyst and reporter. So she's been everywhere okay she she's one of she's the one that you most likely see in all those ncaa tournaments for on the men's and women's side and she's a site to to listen to and to watch because i think she's been well she is the first uh woman that's covered uh WNBA and women's basketball in a podcast that i personally listen to and i completely enjoy her and I know uh Sam you do too because I, I mean Lachina's been also a player a player she played at Wake Forest I believe mm-hmm. and uh she got her degree was it in journalism well let me get back to you on that one yeah well either way I mean she she's done her home knows what she's talking about and she's a nice person <laughs> you know she's not a person that's going to you know basically tell you something or chase clout because she's been in it for for a minute and i mean this year she's moving into i think it was back in 2021 the china was entering her 15th season of the w of WNBA just coverage and that's uh like i said across several networks and that includes not only espn of course but fox and turner so i mean you know if you haven't seen her again on the WNBA sidelines then I'm sure you might have seen her, like, again, covering those major events like the NCAA tournament, the Final Four, playoffs, finals, and the draft. She was in all that draft coverage. So, I mean, she's been working and all up in and around your TVs and airways um, for, you know, since 2018 when, you know, she received the Dawn Staley Excellence in Broadcasting Award and then the Mel Greenberg Award in 2021 which is one of the most prestigious awards that a, a given um, that's that's given annually to a member of the sports communication uh, professionals. So I mean, when you get that award, it basically says that you displayed commitment to women's basketball and to advancing the role of media in women's game. But I mean, with one person, one person can't do it all on their own, right? We're talking about the WNBA. We're talking about her podcast. But she's not alone. 
because her podcast started off on just, you know, your regular, wherever you get your podcast, it's called Around the Rim. And she had a great producer with her, Miss Terika. Uh, Terika. I'm sorry? Terika. Terika. Ooh. Excuse me, ma'am. It's Terika. Um, and she, she's been, she will, first of all, when I used to listen to Around the Rim, um, on the podcast, I, I, you know, she would pop in here and there, not often. She was more so like the producer side, but now they have, uh, a, a actual show, a YouTube show on ESPN, the ESPN channel where you can actually see these ladies going back and forth. And now, uh, I'm say to say her name right again, Terika. 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 Tarika is not one to play with either. She has a background there. And I think that what what I think some of us, what, we t- what you kind of touched on earlier, Sam, about some of these, you know, I guess, quote unquote, coin journalists, they, they get on, they're, they're passionate. Let's say they're passionate because we're passionate about the game. They're passionate about the game, but might not really have those credentials to back it up. But my my girl has the credentials to back it up. And I think that's what we need to start to see more of and, and start listening more. Uh, like not, I'm not saying that you can discredit the people who want to talk about the game because we're doing that. Right. And, you know, I don't have a degree in journalism. I don't think you do either, Sam, you have a completely different industry, um, <laughs> but we still, you know, we still really, we still believe and we're really strong in what we want to talk about. But I mean, uh, you know, Tarika, she started, you know, her whole uh, entire hub around women, uh, around basketball, around women's sports, you know. So I think that it's really important that we continue to shine a light on them. So where you can find LaChina Robinson, you can find on Twitter and on Instagram at LaChina Robinson. So that's just her actual full name. And then you can find Tarika <laughs> on uh, She Knows Sports underscore on ig and uh she knows sports on twitter so follow those those media outlets because you'll learn so much and that's something that i need to do because i'm not i'll be honest y'all i'm not a i'm not a person that frequents the twitter streets until sam said i need to get on there because there's a lot going on (laughs) and there's a lot to to learn about even and to follow that you might not see on you know on television that's televised or even the coverage, it kind of goes deeper and we're starting to listen to and see more of those people of color, those POC, uh, you know, like journalists or just commentators that are talking about the game that we love. Those are two awesome ladies. And I actually listened to their Around the Rim podcast way back when it was just uh, on the podcast platform so to now see how they have grown to now a visual digital platform is awesome they always have great things to share and great takes so i look forward to hearing more about what they have to say throughout this season same the people that i want to highlight the first is christina williams She is the founder of Girls Talk Sports TV, which is a media and news company with exclusive WNBA news and updates. If you want on-time updates about everything that goes on in the league, whether it be trades, cuts, injury reports, game updates, like anything cutting edge media related Christina is your go-to person everybody around the media sphere um, knows that her information is cutting edge and that she is one of the first if not the first outlet with all of the latest and the greatest information Um, and she doesn't get the accolades that she deserves and she's from my take, because I don't know her personally, but from my take, she definitely seems like one of those people that doesn't do it for the accolades, mm-hmm. you know, but she's one of those people that is not only talking about the game, but she's in the seats. You know, she talks about being at the games, not only for the media perspective, but just because she loves the game, you know, mm-hmm. and enjoys being there. She also has affiliations with MSG Networks, which is, of course, for the New York Liberty um, I believe that's her, uh, like her home base. Mm-hmm. Um, but she also was the first ever co-host of AU Pro Sports, mm-hmm. which um, what is a 
has a women's professional um, division um, where they play in the offseason. A lot of former WNBA stars, current WNBA stars, and WNBA hopefuls play in that league. And it typically runs uh, anywhere from like December to February. Um, So this past winter was the second year that it was done. Um, So it's become a overnight sensation um, just due in part to um, WNBA players being affiliated with it. And then also Christina Williams uh, lending her expertise as a co-host. She's also named um, to Forbes 30 under 30, which I feel like everybody knows is a huge deal. So let's not sleep on her. She is a bona fide journalist. You can find her at Christina Williams. That's Christina with a K on Instagram and at Christina on Twitter. Follow her for all the latest and greatest information. My second person is Subria Whitaker. That's Subria Whitaker on IG and Twitter. She's the founder of Grow the Game, which is a nonprofit organization aimed at increasing awareness, attendance, engagement, and involvement in women's sports. When I tell you to follow her on Twitter and to actually hear the things that she has to say, you could tell how knowledgeable and how passionate she is about the game, but also how passionate she is about growing awareness like her platform says growing awareness and engagement within the game um so she's got a lot of wonderful things to say she's also a bona fide journalist got her degree in it give her some love on instagram and twitter she's got some great things to say as well and um like i said she's just one of those people that is not afraid to speak out you know when Mm -hmm. when we joke and say i got time she got (laughs) time (laughs) <laughs> she got all the time she got all the time you know so she she's a great person to follow for not only like stuff going on in the league but also perspective mm-hmm. on what's going on in the league because sometimes it's important to hear what's going on in the media and then put it all into perspective and so she's a great person to follow right the last person is Ari Chambers uh at Ari Ivory on IG and Twitter a lot of guys, a lot of you guys, I'm sure, have seen her on commercials, on ESPN or other platforms. She has great connections with a lot of the players, a lot of the teams. And she is one of those people that has built her platform pretty much on her own. Mm-hmm. Um, she started from the ground up with her platform, Highlight Her. One word, Highlight Her which is powered by Bleacher Report and House of Highlights. And it is a media production and broadcasting company aimed to empower, amplify, and highlight her. Um, So like I said, you've probably seen her and didn't even realize all of the things that she does behind the scenes, but she is also Forbes 30 under 30. Multiple times she has been named to that list. I believe three times she's been named to that list. But once again, bona fide in what she does. Um, people don't give her enough credit. Some people don't like to give her any credit for the things that she does, but she has great connections within the league and she's able to give you insights and perspective just like Subria is. Um, and she's almost become, I won't even say almost, she has become one of those people that other people want to be one day other people strive to have the level of excellence that she has um but from what i understand she's also one of those people that when when i go up i'm taking my people with me and so that is what i love to hear someone that can not only elevate the platform but empowers others to elevate their own platforms as well we need that and i mean again i think the biggest thing about this this segment that we're doing today is representation and no matter what you're doing no matter where you are where you're going representation matters especially in this in WNBA especially in any platform where there's youth that are that may do exactly what you're doing their needs they need to see that it's possible they need to see themselves in you so um, those are great picks I'm going to add them to my list Um, you know because the women that that were mentioned are exceptional in their own right and uh, I think that they're great they're great role models to even to watch to listen to and to continue to root for because I don't think 
that you know our media personnel get enough you know credit for the ones that are doing the right thing <laughs> i don't think they're getting enough credit so i think it's great to give them their flowers while we're here they're here to hear them so i hope y'all hearing ladies we love y'all keep doing what you're doing <laughs> my bad terica <laughs> We love you, Tarika. That's Tarika Foster Brasby. We love her. Um, so we want to make sure that, like Jocelyn said, all of these women get the flowers they deserve. And we, like I said before, we know that there's so many other um, media personnel, whether you do it by profession or you do it just for the love of the game, that are all out there. And maybe we'll make this a little bit of a segment where every once in a while we drop in a few names for the people so that they can kind of know what's going on just like we know what's going on. Yes, and I know you have a lot, Sam. <laughs> I have a lot. <laughs> you had to go down your list. I mean, and we could even go further into, you know, like um, what they're doing now and how they even got to their, you know, to that degree of success that they're in and, and what inspires them about coverage, especially of the WNBA, so... That's for awesome. sure. And we'll leave all of their information in the episode description so you guys can take a look at their pages. Yes, we will. But shifting gears just a little bit before we end this episode, let's do a real quick wrap up and talk about our breakout stars of the week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Want me to go first? Go ahead. You can go first. Well, well, my breakout, my unsung hero is it's funny enough it's Nafisa Collier okay and we going off fresh again off that new win uh, against the uh, against the Washington Mystics I mean the commentators even said it during the game that you know that took place this past Saturday I mean they they finally won their first win out of six and, and Collier has now taken the responsibility of what used to be Rebecca Brunson and Sylvia Fowles' role, you know, she's the leader on the court in more ways than one. So, 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 I mean, basically, so far this season, Collier has been averaging, you know, close to, I think, you know, 18 plus, uh, 17 plus points per game with about five to six rebounds and two to three assists and a, a couple of steals. So, I mean, she has been putting in her in work. And I mean, let's not forget that she uh, had a baby last May, <laughs> last year. <laughs> I mean, that goes back to mama's balling out here in the WNBA. I think it really does level them up. So maybe I should, never mind. I was going to say, maybe I should have got <laughs> That's another story for another day. So anyway, I mean, she's the one Reeves looks to. Uh, and, and you know, Cheryl, she looks to her and to, to actually dictate and, and help these women get to the victory, get to the W. And she, she helped do that. I mean, what was it, 30 points she dropped against the Connecticut Sun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I mean, that even doing that, it didn't get them to the win, but I think it was it was it was foreshadowing. It clearly was because she's nasty. I mean, we gotta give her we gotta give respect where respect is due. I mean, it was a it wasn't an easy feat for the Connecticut Sun that that game, you know, especially when you have Alisa Tom, uh, Alyssa Thomas down low in the paint defending you. I mean, to drop 30, that's major. So I mean, she's she's just not a super tall forward. I mean, she she only stands about six one, but she gets it done down low. And I mean, obviously, she's a UConn Husky alum. I mean, she was drafted in 2019, first round, and she was picked six overall. So I think she's always been kind of that unspoken, consistent contributor. But you know, she's always played with such big names. So I think this is the year. Uh, she can shine and, and at least be that leader for the links that they so desperately need. And, and honestly, Cheryl Reeves really relies on like at least having that one that she can run everything through or like being like that life source for the team. I mean, and, uh, you know, again, she's a she's a mama. So it's just giving you a, it, it just hits different, I think, honestly. So, I mean, what do you think, Sam? Do you think she can handle the leadership for this year? I think she can. I think she's one of those people that's a natural born leader. And she doesn't take it lightly. Mm-hmm. Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, but ESPN mentioned something that I don't even know if I sent to you, but at, it says at 26 years old, Nafisa Collier is the youngest Lynx player with 30 points in a game since Maya Moore. Woo! 
Oh, Which we know what that did for Cheryl. Maya Moore also came from UConn. She also yeah. played for the Minnesota Lynx. And so that's a big deal. You know, yeah. the, she's got some big shoes to fill, but I think she's doing a great job. Like I said, I think she takes her leadership role very seriously. And she learned from the best. I mean, she had the luxury of playing with Sylvia Fowles for a couple yes. seasons, mm-hmm. even came out of her maternity leave a few weeks earlier than anticipated yep. to play with Sylvia Fowles before, mm-hmm. you know, in her last couple games before she retired because yep. she just loved and respected her that much. And so she takes that legacy very seriously. Mm-hmm. So I do agree. She's definitely a, the one of the breakout stars of the week. Absolutely. One to watch. Keep your eyes peeled. See what she does with the links. Yes. My breakout star unsung hero of the week is Lexi Brown. Mm, Good pick. Now, people that have watched Lexi Brown over her career know that she has not had a very easy time finding a home within the WNBA. She's played for three different teams now. She started out in Connecticut where she was under the tutelage of Kurt Miller, who was the head coach at the time. She made her way on over to Minnesota for a couple seasons. Oh, and I'm sorry, she actually played with Chicago for mm-hmm. a short stint. So this is actually her fourth team now that she's with. So she played that little stint with Chicago and has now found what will hopefully be a long-term home with the Los Angeles Sparks, where she is back under the tutelage of Kurt Miller. And so I was kind of interested to see how that dynamic was going to work considering Lexi Brown did not get a ton of playing time when she was in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. She was a young player um, out of Duke. Um, You could tell she had all this potential in her, but I don't think anyone really knew how to use her. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, she didn't really get a lot of playing time. And she was very vocal about being unhappy about the fact that she wasn't really getting those looks to you know to showcase her talents yeah you know fast forward now to 2023 season Lexi Brown was a standout in the Sparks game and she honestly was the reason why they were able to pull out the win as we mentioned previously the game did go into overtime but Lexi played 30 almost 36 minutes scored 26 points three rebounds one steal I mean she was just phenomenal she had a little bit of a slump there in the third quarter but fourth quarter she turned it up put her foot on the gas and did not let up and she was doing it all she was aggressive on the defense she was scoring threes on the offense I mean you couldn't ask her to do any more than she was already doing because it was almost as if she saw that her team was floundering (laughs) and she was like we got to put this game in the bag like we doing too much messing around we're playing phoenix we played them before we got to kick it into high gear and so she took it upon herself to kick it into high gear she had NECA with 21 points she had canada with 16 points so she had some good backup around her but to watch her just kick that game to that next level it really just showed that Lexi Brown is still the star that we saw in college. And that even though she had some years of really trying, struggling to find her home, it looks like she may have finally found one in Los Angeles because she has been doing so great. And this was just a standout performance that went into overtime. And even in overtime, she did not let her foot off that gas. I mean, it's the sparks, something about them sparks, sparking the fire. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm happy for her and, and she silenced, silenced those haters. You know, the best way you can stick it to them is to give them something to write about. That's amazing. And and I think that's exactly what she did. Uh, she had a great night. And I mean, you know, it's not like it's something that she can't do, because like you said before, earlier in the episode, everyone is there for a reason, you know, it not it might not be your season every game, but you know, again, we gotta remember, y'all, it's still pretty early in the season this year. Like we're just now breaking out. Like you said, there's there's teams that are finally finding finding their stride. So imagine you get teams that are getting it together earlier on in the season. That means we're up for uh, you know, some amazing games uh in the in the coming weeks. So I'm I'm really excited for what this entire season has to hold with every team because every team is really one to watch. 
For sure, for sure. So where can they find us, Jocelyn, on Instagram if they want to engage with us? Well, you can find us at Beyond the Bleachers underscore on IG, where again, if you follow us, hit us, you know, hit us up in the DMs, slide through, comment on some reels and some posts. You might just win a giveaway when that time comes. So come on in, follow us on up because we want to hear from you guys, especially about all this controversy that's going on in the media world that I clearly have to figure out because Twitter suspended me, y'all, and I don't know why. <laughs> So you can't follow me personally on Twitter. We gonna get it together though. We gonna get it together though. But you can again. You can follow us on IG at Beyond the Bleachers underscore. Thank you for another great episode. Please go on our Instagram page. Follow us if you love giveaways. Like, comment, DM to hear from you. We would love to continue the conversation. And I will see you in the next one. See you in the next one, girl. Get some rest. (laughs) Bye.